Hi, and welcome to the Founders Journey Podcast. I'm Greg Moran with my uh, co-host, Peter Dean, for, um, I think, episode number, I think it's five. It's 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 getting there to the point where we're losing track. We'll have to start. Uh, we're going to be above our ability to count past nine, Peter, pretty soon. Yeah, um, I think we, we lost some traction, too. I think we may have lost my mother. <laughs> you mean as a listener, we didn't lose your mother. Just to clarify, we didn't lose your Correct. mother. Correct. She's not listening anymore. As a listener. All right. right. Well, Chuck, um, you know, I don't know. We'll so, see. Uh, so the whole point of the Maybe podcast, we'll get him, Founders Journey. we'll get her back. <laughs> the whole point of the po- Founders Journey podcast is talk about, uh, you know, tips and, and personal experiences that we've learned um, through our own Founders Journey to try to bring that knowledge, uh, bring that knowledge to you know, to those that are out there and uh, and going through the grind today of uh, of building something. So, our guest today um, knows that better than uh, than just about anybody, um, and has had just an extraordinary um, founder's journey of his own. Our guest today is uh, is Joe Tasson. Joe and I, uh, Joe and I go way back, uh, probably older than uh, probably longer than either one of us would like to admit our age. Um, we went to college together at. Uh, at the State University of New York at Plattsburgh, um, so we've known each other a long time and uh, and kind of grew up as uh, grew up as entrepreneurs together. And uh, Joe's got an incredible story to tell. So, Joe, welcome uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Greg um, and Peter. Um, I'm very honored to be on here, and I certainly follow and admire both of your successes. So, real excited to uh, be part of this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's yeah. Been about yeah. Over, let's just say over thirty years, Greg. We've known. <laughs> yeah, one one point. That's right. Um, which is pretty extraordinary, since, since neither of us are actually we're not even thirty years old yet. Which is we just. I know. I know. For age. <laughs> is that what happened at it Plattsburgh? Is. Right. Yeah. They age you. Wrong, Plattsburgh yeah. ages you. <laughs> preserves you, right? <laughs> or preserves you? Yeah. Either one. Uh, so um, yeah, the the great thing though is that uh, this is a great point. Like entrepreneur entrepreneurs come from anywhere you don't have to go to harvard or cornell to be an entrepreneur you, you can come from anywhere so you, you guys have have to, that you don't even have to go to college to be an entrepreneur to, you know yeah, i don't think true. my, my Absolutely. Good friend in business former well i still consider him a partner former business partner never went to uh never went to college and very yep. successful yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah i think today you know i was having a conversation with uh <clears throat> with a friend of mine about this the other day and i think if you look at you look at the way that education has changed, right? What's available online today. I'm not talking about just traditional online education. I mean, like, like courses that are available through, you know, on, on Twitter and, and, you know, things like that, where you can go and you can easily, you know, be just as ready to start a business today by going and taking some basic, you know, basic course on accounting and basic course on marketing and figure out how to sell and figure out how to, you know, how to take a product to market. And you can do each of those classes in a six week cohort training. Right. And, um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a different world, but it's a great, it's a great point. So Joe, you have had, uh, an extraordinary journey along the way, um, bootstrapped a company, which, uh, is just unbelievable to 25 million in revenue. Um, you know, and, uh, and an extraordinary, extraordinarily successful company in the wireless, um, space. Talk, talk about that, you know, talk about that, that ride. I mean, how did you get started? Um, and what did that, uh, what did that, what did that road look like as you, as you built that business? And I mean, I know you're Inc 500 and I mean, this was a, this was an uber successful bootstrap company. 
Yeah, it's uh, so it was around. I, I worked for a company, SBA uh, Towers, SBA Communications. They're one of the largest REITs in the world now. Great company. I still keep in contact with a lot of the people there. And it uh, gave me a lot of, I was there for seven years. I moved up the ranks to a director's position in the tower development. And uh, it was around 2005. And uh, I was just at a point where I knew that if I wanted to get to the next level, I had to move down to the corporate office in Boca. Uh, the boss at the time he was a good guy, but I really didn't agree with his strategies. And a really good friend of mine, uh, Mark, um, he was uh, talking to me and saying, you know, we really got to go out and do this on our own. You know, we have some connections in the city area, Metro New York, to do consulting for you know, doing permitting and set acquisition for like Nextel at the time and Verizon. And um, it took him about five months of conjoling me over drinks. <laughs> uh, I had a very comfortable position. I was fairly well compensated, full benefits, options. Um, at the time, I had a, a two-year-old. My wife was pregnant with my second child. And it was just one day where I just, I don't know, something came over me and I said, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. I, I believe I was 33 at the time. And I remember sitting down and looking at my finances and I think I had 20 or 25,000 in the bank. And I knew that I wasn't going to make any money for at least three or four months. Um, so I stretched that out and said, okay, I, I'm going to go to the last dime, but let's do this. Mark and I literally put $1,000 each into an account, set up an LLC. Now, mind you, I never took a business course. And we started with some simple contracts doing consulting um, and milestones uh, back in 05, going through 06. Uh, we had a couple good contracts where money started coming in. We were able to pay ourselves. And um, in 2007, uh, you know, there was a lot of, you know, as you grow a company, you have some certain milestones and what I call injection points. And we were doing work, I remember, for T-Mobile. And uh, this was the end of 06. We had a, a little a little project going with them. And I remember they uh, we, there used to be an industry newspaper, RCR, and we ended up uh, putting an ad in. I remember I was like a $2,000 ad saying we were going to hire all these people in all these places. And it was kind of a little bit of a spin. And one of the, the guy we reported to, you know, the director saw that. It's like, I, I saw him at a party. I didn't realize you guys were this big. Meanwhile, it's three of us, right? Talking me after Christmas, and they handed us like a couple million dollars worth of business. I'm going to hire three more we were, people. Because we were good at what we were doing. We executed on it. And then in 07, uh, Metro PCS came into the market. And I remember being like middle of the summer and they handed us all this work. And we were responsible for doing all the engineering, all the entitlement work. And we were had to pay the bills, and we had like three, four people. We had you know fifty thousand in our checking account. And now we're taking on liabilities, but we were we were able to just you know get the receivables that were ahead of the AP. And next thing you know, we did a couple million a year, and and, and three million, and six million, and seven million, and we had about eighteen or twenty people. And we had no debt on our balance sheet. And then in two thousand ten, and in, in um, I just remember the day all of our contracts were sort of at the tail end. And I started doing cash flow, 12 week cash flow reports and realized that we don't have enough money, you know, with the income coming in to, to, to get it. So I remember having that like anxiety moment in my head. I think they call that a uh, an oh shit moment, Joe. Oh shit moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is one thing, you know, there's a lot of advice, you know, we can talk for hours yeah. just on this. And it's so important as an entrepreneur, as a business person, 
to really keep an eye on your cash flow coming in and out. And we were so heavy in executing and operations because the owners of the company were in the trenches in the factory. And we weren't really focusing on building our pipeline. That's when I hear people, oh, on my pipeline, I got enough pipeline. You never have mm-hmm. enough pipeline, right? You always have right. to build that energy and that momentum. And we we got through it. We, we you know, we bootstrapped through it. And then we got into construction um, in 2011, 2012. And, you know, that we had so really bad year in 2012, we almost lost the business. Um, clients were didn't pay us, we were taking on debt, and then we were able to, you know, resurrect it. And uh, so that, that's sort of the start of the, you know, where I ended up. And, you know, I, I know we can go on to the, to the other side of the hill. Uh, <laughs> there's a, much, there's, not much of a pleasant no, story. There's that, but you know, before before we go there, I think there's something there's something important because when you talk about a bootstrap company, right? I think what one of the things that really stood out, and I know you and Peter were talking, we're the three of us were kind of doing a prep for this yesterday, and you guys were talking about this, the importance of those two things that you just hit on, right? First, being when you're bootstrapping a company, managing that sales pipeline is it's always important in any business when you're boot when you're bootstrapping to make sure that you've got that giant pipeline in place and then to be managing cash as, as aggressively as you possibly can. If you can do those yeah. two things, right. You can, it's amazing how far this you certainly a testament to this, how far you can go on a thousand dollars that you started with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that it, it's interesting. You said you didn't take business courses, but you just said balance sheet and cash flow and looking at projections on that, that, that that's like one of the most important things I think that we need to learn as an entrepreneur and you fill the gap in, it doesn't matter what your major was, or if you didn't go to college, we just talked about that. If you don't understand that you're not going to get to 25. There's no way you could have gotten that far without. Well, yeah. Learning. I mean, the, the, funny, the funny story, the end of 05, um, we, you know, we used accountant, this guy, Bill, great guys retired now. And He's calling me up. He's like, I need your balance sheet. And I'm like, what do you mean? I, I gave it to you. Goes, no, you gave me an income statement. I'm yeah. Like, What's the balance sheet? You know, I've heard yeah. about it before. I mean, we yeah. were doing everything on Excel for like two years, right? Yep. And uh, but you know, I learned working for an SBA, I understood the the forecasting and the metrics yep. and how to how to accurate. I was always I always was pretty good at that and understanding the, mm-hmm. the value of forecasting and you know, knowing where things are coming in. And I'm sure you've seen it in business. You have the the optimist and the pessimist, right? The guy, oh, we're going to do 80 million. Yep. You're like, you're out of your mind. And you got the guy that says we're going to do zero every quarter. Um, so I had all of those yeah. tools and I'm fairly, I'm pretty organized. And uh, you just learn, you learn by doing. And and as an entrepreneur, and this is what people, you know, most small, most America is run by, I think, what, 50, 60% of businesses are small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I don't want to, I don't want to sound like the victim here, but small businesses do not get a lot of favors from, regulatory agencies. I mean, I can tell you, you know, we were treated just as, you know, we had a fleet of trucks of 10, we were treated like we were FedEx, right? And you learn, you don't have the the know-how, the wherewithal, the resource to have eight attorneys on staff and accountants. So unfortunately, you learn by making mistakes, you know, and, uh, you know, not filing something, not renewing a certificate (laughs) of authority in a state, uh, getting sued, cease and desist. I had that happen. You know, when we first started, we didn't research our name well enough. Right. So you start to learn by these things. And, and even when you're bigger, you're going to make mistakes, but when you're new and you're learning, and that's why, you know, a lot of people that start businesses, they they're thick headed, right. Most entrepreneurs are, and they're they're, They don't want to seek advice sometimes, 
Um, and there's a whole network of advice. I was Greg got me an EO entrepreneurs organization where you have basically your own board of directors and lack of a better word. And you hear people's experiences and, and, you know, you have to have a plan too. That's a big thing. A lot of people, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, she's got a pretty good business and, you know, what's your plan? Oh, it's all in my head. You know, I have something. No, no, you have to put it on paper. You have yeah. to map out a plan. It doesn't have to be a 40 page, you know, uh, McKinsey business plan, but you have yeah. to have goals and revenue targets and where you want to take the company. If you do not have a plan in writing, your chances for failure are exponential. And I, I, I believe you guys would agree with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I think, you know, it's a, it's a, I think when you when you start to get into the planning process, right? I know one of the one of the things Joe, I know you and I have followed for a long time is is like the one page strategic the plan. Right? Habits, I mean, though. yeah, the Rockefeller yeah. habits. And if you haven't read the book, um, uh, the Rockefeller habits by Vern Harnish, just an extraordinary uh, extraordinary book about sort of planning at a you know at at that kind of earlier you know smaller growth stage business and. You know, a lot of times that's really what it takes, but I think that simplicity of trying to distill that down into that one-page plan is a, is just a, it's an enormously important thing because you, look, we're entrepreneurs; we get distracted easily, right? We yeah. chase the squirrel all over the road if we're if we're if we're given the opportunity, right? To, to try yeah. to to try to align with our team, and I know this was a big part of your story as well as you were building this. I mean, it was building that team, right? And and to make sure that there's real uh, alignment on the team about where you're going. And I think what I've learned from Greg actually is you, you share that plan with another entrepreneur that knows your faults, right? They know like, Hey, you're, you get a little wild eyed over here. Like, be careful, think about this and kind of pressure test it with someone that's kind of done it before in it in another way. And that that's super helpful to take it yep. past someone else. And uh, yep. it makes you reset, you know, but, it, it, but be careful. Entrepreneurs will spin the ball. Think the shiny thing is shiny. You know, <laughs> they're like, oh, that's we should do that. That's great. So, so you guys built this. You 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 took it to the Inc. 500. You you know built this this incredibly successful business, and then things changed, to uh, to say the least. What uh, to talk about talk about the other side of this? You, you after you after you got this thing to sort of the the height that you took it. So we, uh, sure, you know, we, in, in 2013, you know, we believe we did uh, 12 million, 2014, we started taking on some debt, uh, factor debt, uh, AR receivable debt, high cost of debt. Um, but we went up to 16 million. And, uh, and then in 2015, I think it was, we were almost at 25 million. That was our pinnacle. But we weren't really making the bottom line numbers. Um, you know, we were we were doing, you know, we were growing very, you know, 20%, 30% a year. And in telecom, you know, what we were doing, construction, installation services, building, because, uh, you know, it's a very eat what you kill business. It's uh, it's hard to, you know, it's not like a reoccurring revenue stream where, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. hit your targets. Um, so, of course, you know, here we are 2015 at 75 employees. I think my burn rate was one over a million dollars a month, million and a half even. So of course, you know, we put a plan together. What do you do when you're planning? Oh, we're going to do 20% more next year. We're going to do $30 million. Well, we had about 50% of our sales with one customer and they started to pull back the reins a little bit, you know, starting the new year. Um, I also made a strategic decision to promote somebody in my company. He was the COO. I gave him all sales and, uh, and operational responsibility. Um, he wasn't the right guy, which I get into a moment. And I had my other guy 
um, who I, I kind of demoted, but not on a compensation level. So it started in January of 16, where, you know, next thing you know, our sales were, our expenses were outpacing our sales. So what do you do then? You know, well, we've done this before. Next month will be better, right? So, you know, now you're burning through, you know, more and then two months, three months. And it just never got better. Uh, it got worse, actually. And then we, you know, we ran into, you know, a, a, I think there was, um, you know, just a couple, just, it was like a perfect storm of crap. Um, that we were doing. And, you know, when you're there, you get into a, it's like a deer in headlights, right? And this is my failure as, as a leader at the time, but also, you know, through experience, we've been there and we recovered. So yeah. you always think of that, um, you know, there's a, a you know, it's, you think there's hope there in this thing. And I wasn't making the right decision. So I brought in a consultant, this guy, Paul Ferbriante, uh, a Corval, a great turnaround company. Paul's became a friend of mine. Uh, his mentor is Jim Malone, who was a five-time Fortune 500 CEO. He just passed away last year. I mean, very, very bright uh, company. Uh, you know, I, I brought him in. I saw Paul's articles on LinkedIn, and I said, "Listen, I, we need help here. Something's not right." I, I kind of, you know, and we had very good controls. We had very good processes, plans. Um, you know, all the all the uh, all the the T's and C's were in line. You know, a lot of companies they're messes, and you could fix it. Mm-hmm. But we had all that stuff there, right? I mean, even people, we ran like a hundred million dollar company. You know? So he gets in. So he spends a week interviewing everybody doing, doing his whole thing. And he sits me down and everyone's like June, May or June of 2016. And you know, he had this whole report there and there were some cosmetic things we did. And he's like, listen, he's like, you got to get rid of your C-suite, your CFO, your COO, your chief strategy officer, I do even have one, get rid of them. Um, I think you use some pejorative terms too. And, uh, you know, I, I was, oh, we can't do that. You know, he has a relationship with this company and this person is going to sue me. And I owe this, you know, and I just sat there and I didn't make that critical decision. And as a, as a leader, as a, a chief executive officer, it really comes down to three or four major decisions in a year, right? If your CEO is down in the factory organizing boxes and, yeah. and, and worrying about, you know, what the, uh, you know, what the best payroll company, that's what, not what you're paid for. You're paid to make the decisions, right? And then I sat there and it was fear. You know, I was fearful of doing that. And and uh, I could say that I regret it now, but I'm much more happier. And, you know, I want to share just a couple anecdotes. And it's not picking on people because I believe also when you go through some bad stuff and people hurt you, you have to forgive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's probably people out there I know that don't like me. And honestly, I could care less at the end of the day, right? I know I did try to do everything I could to be good to people and help people. And sometimes tough decisions have to be made. So, you know, I have my chief financial officer, you know, one day I get to the office, he's selling coats out of the track of his truck. Okay. <laughs> Literally guy's selling, guy paying a six figure salary is selling jackets. Okay. Out of the, back. you know, my chief strategy, you know, a guy that I was a friend, I trusted, I found out later on through email conversation after I got rid of him, he he was started his own company, a new division under over a competitor, was taking people from us, solicitating, you know, all that all that bad stuff, you know, it was like stabby in the heart. And then my chief uh, COO at the time, um, you know, again, you, you talk about, we, we talked about it yesterday, about just bad decisions and bad people in positions. Not that he was a bad guy, not that he wasn't good at certain things, but you gave a person with his own agenda um, and, and power of the company. And it turned out, you know, a lot of it turned out he was a bully and, and all that. But, you know, some certain things like we had, we had like four or five customers. We had the Salesforce tool, right? You know, Salesforce, right? Yeah, sure. And he, yeah. he had a business development person 
they didn't need customers. They just ran sales reports, Salesforce report. We had the best Salesforce reporting probably in the country. <laughs> customers, right? And he was like, here it is. The Titanic is sinking. And he's like rearranging the deck chairs. You know, well, we got to get priority. Maybe we got to get this tool and this software program, you know, instead, well, how about cutting seven people? We did cut some people. And then you also have the, uh, you know, you also look now, and it's it's more of a buzzword than it was even when I started in business is emotional intelligence, right? You get mm-hmm. people that are smart and and people that are capable, but yeah, you need people, especially in a leadership position, <clears throat> that can empathize with people and that can make decisions and not get emotional. You know, getting an email on a Sunday that I'm stressed out, you know, I can't come to work tomorrow. That's not the leader that you want. Could you imagine Eisenhower saying that on the eve of Normandy? Right. Think about that. <laughs> and then it's, these are the people in the world and they, they're not bad people. They're just not in the position. And I feel. Yeah. You know, I yeah. Ship and take full responsibility for that. But you learn. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, what's interesting is you, you see this all the time. Right. And and I've been in this situation myself um, as well, where, you know, the business starts to grow and it, grow, it starts to grow at a pace that, you know, you're dramatically outpacing the, you know, the leaders that you you have in yeah, business, right? Their growth. And, yeah. Right, exactly. And you know, when 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 the when the business growth starts to get out of proportion to the to the amount that somebody is growing personally, that's where you really run into problems, right? Where somebody could be a great hire, you know, a year prior, but suddenly yeah. that business growth is just things are getting so complicated. If you're not learning at the same pace that the business is growing, that disconnect just grows wider and wider, right? And it can it can yeah. Lethal for and them. then, then it you know creates pressure, and they feel, you know, like they can't you know live up to it, and then they'll they start acting kind of funny. You know, it sounds like you had some of that, like some negative things come out because the pressure is there, and you feel incapable of supporting it, and you know, it's it's what happens, well, and that's the hardest thing that I think he brought up a really important point is it's kind of lonely because you have to your responsibility is to all the hundred employees, right? All of them. Um, and the fiscal responsibility of the business and it, but these are people that you grew it with for a mm-hmm. long time. So it's, it's so hard to say, how do I, how do I make that change? How do I go and like, say to someone that I, I did this with and it, we, we hit the highs and, you know, we went on this journey that was amazing. That was like life-changing. And now it's time for them to go. Like, that's not an easy thing to do. I know that you, you, you kind of beat yourself up a little bit about it, but it's so hard to make that decision. And like that, like we talked about waiting too long. Like I, you're hundred percent right. And uh, anybody who's been successful, even, you know, even I like a great Jack Welch, right. will make yeah. fun of himself. Of it. I've been in thousands of, of, you know, hundreds of people in entrepreneur groups, right. And I can't tell you the number of times where people sat there and there was a disaster sitting on their team and they just wouldn't let that person go. Yeah. <laughs> and what you learn, and anyone who likes to do that shouldn't be in leadership. It's tough, Absolutely. right? I mean, you have certain it, people. Exactly, exactly. And, You're and right. You and that's them, that. But as a leader, you know, you've got to, and I, I learned this the hard way, is that you have the responsibility to the, your company, your investors, maybe your the rest of the employees, your family, and you have to make the tough decisions. And, and I've made them, don't get me wrong, but it's not easy, but you have no. to do it. 
it, it's I don't yeah. I want to you know I want to compare to going to war, but I think a lot of there's a lot of uh, analogies with military. Like you have to you can't be afraid to make those decisions, and, yeah. and you're not always going to be right, right? We're, we're and, human beings, and um, and you you're know, not always going to be liked when that happens, and, and you know not. it going in, you know, and, you know, you and learn, that's, you learn, that's what you talked you about learn over time. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, everyone wants to be liked, right? But it, there's not there's going to be people that don't like, and yeah, it's just it's what can, it is. You try to be empathetic and 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 show your vulnerability. Um, yep. but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something you learn, you know, you learn through failures. And, um, you know, one of the things I say is, you know, adversity, and I, I'm, I'll, I'm writing an article on this, which we'll plug later is really the building block of life. Um, you have to have adversity. And when you go through a bad time, you really learn more about yourself and you learn about the people that you thought you can count on that aren't there for you. You do you see, you're surprised yep. by people that come to you. And, you know, you get through it and, uh, you know, you're better for it. And, you know, back in, um, you know, when I was, you know, back in May of 17, when I shut down the company and, uh, you know, I keep a journal um, for the last 20 something years. And I, a lot of my entries in 17 and 18 began, I don't know how I got out of bed today, you know, and um, it was hard. And, um, but I did. You know, and I started a new company the week after my company imploded, uh, Ascentcore, in, in an industry, in a solar development industry. I didn't know anybody. I really didn't know much, but I knew I had some relationships. There were some synergies there. And uh, we're doing pretty well now. And I, I dovetailed it to another company above grid with some great partners now. We're doing national development um, and, and other consulting in a very booming industry. And, you know, I, I want to say that I'm almost back where I was, but much happier much, uh, you know, I don't have a huge overhead. I never want to get there anymore. Um, yeah. But, you know, um, back in, uh, I don't know if it was you asked me about this, you know, or, I remember I was went to SUNY Plattsburgh to speak to uh, the entrepreneurs group there. And I, I went through my story and, you know, the professor, good guy asked me, he's like, well, why don't you just get a job? You know, and uh, I don't remember <laughs> at the, after my fail, right? And I don't remember the, what I said. I, I probably had some good answer. But then I really began to reflect back on that. And uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a job. And, and I had a really good job offer, a really good, really good salary and benefits. And, and mind you, I didn't know how, how I was going to make money, right? I went from being comfortable to, you know, almost losing it all and, and having to, you know, zero income, right? I mean, I had some other investments and liquidated a lot of things that you're not supposed to liquidate, right? Um, and I just thought to myself, you know, I, I did this. I did this already, right? I built up a company with no experience, yeah. no experience. I can and I will do it again. And I also, my second thing I, I really thought about is I can't accept the fact that, that I'm going to work for somebody else and they're going to get, I'm only going to get a small percentage in, of my value, my creativity, my work ethic. And I'd rather put it all in and give it my all and reap the rewards. And there's risk involved. It doesn't always work out, yeah. but you have to be optimistic and, uh, you know, I'm here today and uh, it's still a grind every day, um, but I like what I do. I love the people that I work with. I'm blessed in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, there, there's this myth out there that, uh, you know, you have to love what you do. And, you know, I think that's a little bit mis misleading. I, I believe you have to have a passion for what you do. Everyone loves yep. it. I mean, you can't love what you do every day, right? I mean, I like what I do, but there's every, you know, it's like training, right? I mean, Greg, you're, you're a triathlon. It's exciting crossing the finish line, but 95% of it's a grind. 
And that's what work mm-hmm. is. It's a grind. Every day you get up, you work, you, you try to provide. And it's exciting. It's exciting winning an award. It's exciting, you know, getting a distribution. Um, but, you know, you have to have that passion and you have to have a vision. And that's what I lacked in my other company. So that's just some takeaways. And I get a bunch more of them, too. But I want so- to, you know. I mean, it's it's just such a it's just such a compelling story, and the way you you go through it, I think, is just so authentic. It's um, you know because it's something that that I mean, sir, I know that the three of us on this call can all relate to. We both Peter and I have have been there, and you know, also in varying stages. And I think anybody who's made a career of being an entrepreneur, like like you have, and Gonna like Peter and I have, I mean, these these things are, are bound to. You know, these things are just bound to occur. It's just simply part of the journey. But when you can actually start to reflect on it and say, you know, we've we've had those moments. I know, I mean, speaking for myself, and I know Peter and I, you know, have been uh, have been close friends for years and years, and I've talked about this a million times. I mean, I think any entrepreneur has those moments where you wake up in the morning and say, I don't have any idea how I'm going to make it through this day. I have yeah. no idea how I get out of this bed. All I want to do is stay right here, right? But you do. And that's that's what that journey is all about, right? I mean, that's that's the power of of what, you know, of what being an entrepreneur, what separates, I think, founders who go and take action versus the, the other 99.99995% of the world that talks about it, right? Yeah. That's That's the difference right there. I would say one thing I, I listened when I listened to you talk about it, I think, and this is what I'm interpreting. So tell me if I'm right or wrong, but it seems like after you've done it and, and I I've experienced this myself, like I know I can generate outcomes, right? I've already proved that to myself in my last company, even though it did, I ended very similar to you. Um, and so it sounds like you had this scenario where you felt, I I'd rather put faith in me. I trust that I can produce an outcome. I have enough confidence there that I'm going to go do it. Now, you know, it's not going to come right away and you already know that, but you, you did it and you just followed through. Is that, is that kind of, you felt confident in yourself and believe that you could do it? Yeah, I did. And I, I can't, I can't lie to say that there was a period yeah. where I lost confidence and it was shameful. You know, I mean, it's embarrassing, you know, to have that happen, humiliating, but I let that, you know, I didn't let that for, drag me down. I mean, you know, you have, I was, I was, a, you know, I was that I went through that phase for a month or two, you know, I wouldn't really tell anybody and then yeah. I got really angry at people. And that's when I realized to forgive, you know, and, and yeah. And really, is it? I'm not going to give somebody else the power. And people do things, yeah, just to do it right. And uh, you just have to. Um, it's about you know. There's so many lessons that come. I also learned too is is you know chase the passion and the money will come. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're all in this for money, right? Anybody who yep. lies, you know. I mean, you do it to 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 do well and to to provide for your family, right? That's what I believe. Being a man mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you provide and. But you also, you know, you got to do what like you're passionate about and the money will come, hopefully. Right. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, we, and we've had other guests you, say that <laughs> you do everything right. And sometimes you, 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 you get smacked in the face, right? A bad economy, a recession. And sometimes yep. you, you trip a bunch of times. and You're like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe I just landed that deal. Right. And uh, we all been there. And uh, it's just really about uh, 
You know, one other thing I, I, I learned too is, and I, I talk about this a lot, is about balance. You hear all this, and maybe see younger generations yep. talk about balance, work-life balance, work-life balance, right? And, it, and I don't, I don't, I go with Jack Welch says, I go back to him. It's no such thing as balance. There's choices and choices have consequences. Um, we all have enough time in a day to do what we need to do to be successful. If, if you know, the secret success isn't hard, you work hard, you provide value, you take initiative, you have a bias for action. You do those three or four things. You know, I, we've all, we've talked about this in our pre-interview yesterday, guys, how many people we've had where they didn't have the resume, the pedigree, the experience, you get them in a little rocky and in two years, they're, they're running a division for you. They're a mm-hmm. rock star. And yeah. then on the flip side, we've all had people come in with the, you know, the, you know, four page resume and you're miserable three months later because they, they don't have the values. And it's also about doing the right thing in business. I mean, every yeah. day we are challenged, our values are challenged, our ethics are challenged. And um, it's oh, if you always try to do the right thing, um, it's usually going to work out for you. And sometimes, even if you do the right thing, there's going to be perceptions that you didn't do the right thing. But every day, you know, those are my partners. I'm aligned with really good people that have shared the same values. And, you know, we work hard, we're stern, we negotiate tough. But at the end of the day, you, you got to do the right thing in business. There's a lot of scumbags out there, shysters. We've all seen them. And you may win a few battles, but you're ultimately going to lose the uh, the bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. So so you had this wild ride. You you got this. You got the rocket ride up. You had the fall on the other side of it. Now you're back, rebuilding, and uh, you know, and building up, building up stronger than you were, um, even prior with with all of these, you know, with this sort of wealth of of lessons learned, right? Um, and you're writing about it. I mean, talk, talk about the newsletter a little bit. I know um, because this is this is something I I get every week. I know I think Peter does yep, as well. Yeah. And talk about because I, what I love about this, Joe, is what you're doing every week is you're just you're sharing these experiences for other people. Yeah. I don't know how did it start. Like, was this kind of a cathartic thing for you that you? Had- you know, I, I always like to write, and I never, you know, thought of myself as a as a good writer. So it takes me a lot of time. You take a lot of time every week, and sure. Um, you know, I, I read a lot. And uh, one of the um, persons, uh, Robert Glazer, I'll give him a mm-hmm. plug Friday forward. Yep. And I know yep. Robert, you guy. And I started seeing those stories years ago. And I really liked them, you know. And I started just writing it's the same way he started, just emails to my team like a year yep. ago, you know, a few people. And then I started adding a few more people. And I started getting some good, you know, all on email, right? Like there's yep. a couple hundred people. Hey, listen, I, I, I like to self-promote myself too. We all, you know, it's in it, but I had a story to tell yep. and I started putting on LinkedIn and I started getting some good responses. And then in the new year, I, I went on Substack, you know, which is just a medium to, 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 to write. It's just a, a, yep. you know, a blog type of thing. And, you know, now I have a, a decent amount every week. The subscribers are growing. I'm getting a lot of positive response and I really, I really enjoy doing it. And a lot of it is I always try to interject a, uh, about one of my own stories, you know, because I believe in, you, you know, being vulnerable, you know, you have to, you have to be out there and, and, and that's how people relate to you. And, and I like doing it, you know, and um, I don't really have a, the goal, I guess I want, I, I want to write a book someday and the goal is just to grow subscribers and have fun with it. And, you know, if, if, you know, it makes me feel good. If one or two people a week say, Hey, thanks. I really needed that good article. Yeah. Um, it's all, there's a lot of stuff out there now. Right. And you can't read everything. And, uh, that's that's I guess that's that's the uh, the start and the end of it. It's Greg, just, it so, seems, seems like a theme. The uh, seems like a theme. The entrepreneurs trying to give back to that community. 
It's, yeah, it's I mean, we've heard multiple times now. Yeah, well, and that's how that's how this whole podcast I, started. Right? I, I honestly, I, I, I really love, um, and it sounds so, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, not condescending. But, you know, it's, it, I really like helping other people. I, I really do. I, I get a kick out of, out of, you know, putting connections together and helping other people. I, I really do. I generally enjoy it. I, I believe in, in life that there's people that uh, it's a Stephen Covey thing. Um, you know, they look at life as being, you know, some people look at advice being like scarce, right? There's one pie. And if you get a piece, yeah. we live in an abundance world, right? There's enough knowledge. There's enough love to go around. We're all competitive creatures, but the more you share and the more you help with people and really, that's the definition of true character, right? Helping others without the expectation of something in return. We all know the quid pro quo. Oh, yeah, I'm doing your podcast today, right? But that means, you know, next week, you got to do my <laughs> friends over here. And, you know, it all comes well, back. Well, I do. Yeah, but you did tell me I need to fly to New York and mow your lawn or something. Well, I, I mean, I do need, I mean, there is. <laughs> and that was, that was a little uncalled for. There is. Yeah. You know, all the, all the, all He's not that good a mower. I tried to have him do that. Well, uh, it's not good. You know, I, I got a couple of prime dinners. Peter's going to take me to. So. <laughs> well, yeah. so this is this is awesome. Um, you know, it was, and like I said, you and I have known each other for so many years, and you know, our 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 paths have been parallel. You know, for uh, for so long now, it's a it's a real it's a you know it's it's just such a kick having you on here, and it's um, it's awesome to. To still be uh, to still be doing it after you say it's thirty years. I think it's twenty seven at most. <laughs> no, I, guys, I, I really this this really made my day, and I'm I'm just really honored to be included with you. And I, I definitely admire both of you, Peter. I you know want to get to know you better. Yeah. And uh, yeah, know, I'm looking Greg, forward to until Greg throws himself in another business that he's working ninety hours a week. I and I'll try to get him on the phone a few times. I'm not doing it. I I'm not doing it. I I I'm not doing it. That's all I have to say. I'm not doing it. All right. You can we mark my words. Got it on, we got it on, okay. We got it on. Got it on you got Joe it on, and I know. On tape. All right. We have so, it on tape. I can't wait for that day. So before we forget, uh, Joe, how yeah. I look? I can't recommend this this newsletter any more than I am. I mean, yep. definitely, if you're listening to this, go subscribe to Joe's all right. newsletter. Yeah, it's it's how do, uh, how do they do it? It's Joe Tassone Junior. Substack.com. Joe J O E T A S S O N E J R dot S U B S T A C K dot com. It's called Monday's Motivation. Um, I you just got I gotta get a better, better website, I guess, but that's what they gave me. So we'll stick right. it, we'll stick it in the content, show man. notes and uh, right. we'll stick it in the show notes. And when we send this out, um when we send it out on Twitter, we'll uh we'll stick the link in there as well. Um and uh thank you so much Twitter and everything. Yeah, and Joe, if somebody wants to contact you directly, how do they do it? I mean, you know, th- look, there's there's just there's a wealth of knowledge there. If somebody wants to get in touch, are you on Twitter or LinkedIn? What's yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Thing? You have to just look me up on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I, I gotta start using that a little bit more. Um, but LinkedIn is the easiest way to find me, Joe Tassone okay. Jr. Um okay. above grid. I gotta my company above grid um solar.com is our solar development company. So you guys could find me there too. Awesome. Well, Joe, this is great. Thanks so much for, uh, thanks so much for joining us and, uh, and we'll see you uh, next time on the founders journey podcast. Thank you very much guys.